Welcome everyone to The Grind 1.0. Uh, the Grind 1.0 is a podcast. It's about entrepreneurs and the ups and downs that comes with that. We talk about culture, we talk about family, we talk about the struggle of owning your own business and getting it out there in the daily grind. I have a great guest today. She, she took the time out of her busy day to come talk to us today. So I want to introduce Mr. Cole P. Jones. How are you doing, ma'am? I'm doing well. How are you? Wow, I got a ma'am. <laughs> how, are you, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, um, please don't kill me for that. But, <laughs> I don't. I, I don't. I, well, I live south, so I get it. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, thank you for coming on, one. But two, I uh, wanted to kind of introduce you and tell you, let you tell the people, like, where are you from, what you're doing, what kind of impact you've been making um, up in Arizona. Well, I wish I lived in Arizona, but I live in Virginia. Virginia. Um, <laughs> it's okay. I live, I, that's okay. We just go with it. I live in Virginia. Um, I actually grew up in Virginia, um, but uh, made my way to Boston after graduating from the University of Virginia, moved to Boston, Mass, and actually decided to go to Berkeley College of Music to study jazz vocal performance. So I started with a degree in music, just basic music, uh, but my area of expertise was in classical voice. And then I shifted up there to do jazz vocal performance. And that's how I really allowed myself just to kind of be in it, travel, do some things. And while I was doing my music, I essentially fell into my career of investor relations and corporate communications. I was temping at a finance company who needed someone to join their team, I joined their team, and then I just kind of kept crawling up the ladder. Uh, and by the time that I left seven and a half years to transition from finance to healthcare, uh, specifically biotechnology, I was in really in the space of investor relations and corporate communications. Um, Love to speak to people, so it was no surprise that I was dealing with investors on a day-to-day -day basis uh, and really, made a stride in my um, career when I went into healthcare. I, I worked with some amazing leaders. I transitioned from finance into healthcare because I felt like I needed to be in a space where I was giving. I am a serving type of person helper and my mission in life is to help where I needed, help when I needed and also, or, or help where, when I can, because I can basically. And so I really enjoyed working in this industry because I got to meet patients uh, in different areas. I worked in oncology, kidney disease, and rare diseases. And so it was very, very interesting areas of space that I, that I got to, to be in. Uh, but the last gig that I was in in 2016, uh, came to an end, they had a phase two trial that just did not do well, basically it flopped, and uh, they needed to do a, a workforce reduction, so I was part of that. And at the time, I you know, felt like I was probably gonna be part of that, and that was great, and I got let go, and typically, you know, people are upset when that's happening, but for some reason for me, I was, actually welcoming up the potential of a new opportunity and I was told I was going to get let go and the senior leaders were trying to figure out how they could pair me up with another company you know working with another CEO or CFO and I decided decided in that moment that 
you know what? This is the only opportunity I probably have ever had where I really could step back and look at my career and decide, is this the career that I want to continue moving forward in? Or do I want to take a step back and, and kind of change my life? You know, I said I fell into that career and was it always who I thought I was going to become? No. Uh, but once I kind of took that step back and, and looked at what I was doing, I had said that when I retired, I always wanted to go into coaching. Didn't know what that looked like. Didn't really know if I would, but there was really no time like the present. Why wait until I retired? And so I decided at that moment that I was going to transition and move my career and go down a different path of coaching. And I immediately signed up for a certification program that was very, very rigorous. And I ended up taking it for about a year. And in that time when I was thought for sure that I made the right decision, my mom got sick with pneumonia. Uh, in the month after I got laid off and then a month after that in that October of 2016 she passed away unexpectedly of that disease and it was thank you it was it was horrible um, but I also you know in those down times as people always say you find opportunity in anything that happens in your way a, a, a glimmer of hope another light for you to figure out how you can move forward and that was the other nudge that I needed to be like, you know what, it really is your time. Why wait? Life is too precious, it's too short. You should be doing probably what you're even better at than what you were doing in your career. And so I uh, immediately said, this is it. And I just hopped right on in. My course started literally, I signed up a week before the next course was gonna start. So I didn't have this whole three or four, six months, this is what I'm gonna go into. I just, I hopped right on in. Kind of who I am. <laughs> I yeah. kind of just hop right on in and, and right. uh, keep moving, get baptized by fire, as they say. Well, I, and I'm pretty sure you dealt with that hopping in throughout your life, you know, you in college, did you exemplify those traits as well in high school? Pretty sure you didn't, anybody used to have to like tell you to do anything. You were like right on it. and. It is definitely seems like that's the approach you're taking with the coaching for sure. Yeah, I just, you know, hopped right on in college. I, you know, uh, wanted to challenge myself. So I said, you know what, I'm yeah. going to induct myself into the Air Force ROTC. Right. So I'll just do that. So I did that for a couple of years with wow. you no know, stipend. I just did it on my own. I didn't have any kind of money coming my way. but. I mean, those are some of the things. Sometimes it's the challenge. Sometimes it's the discipline of a challenge. And yeah. So, um, they're definitely, I can definitely look at areas in my life where that, that is very true. So when you say healthcare, what did you do in healthcare? I know we know finances, you know. So um, I worked on the business side. So I did not work um, in the science uh, world. I wasn't in the research side. Um, I worked primarily with the CFO, which okay. actually allow this role to sit into the finance department. So investor gotcha. relations and corporate communications typically sits in the finance department, usually report to a CFO. Um, and there were some times in my career that I reported directly to the CEO. So I was working closely with usually the top five, top six of a company. That is awesome. That is awesome. Someday. <laughs> well, I, I think that that's kudos to you and your um, your ability to, to not only be in that position, but have an impact in that position as well. You know, and I think that is ultimately our goal as for business yeah. professionals 
and, and entrepreneurs in today's world, you have to, you know, be able to to put out, you know, whether it be good content or a good product or something has to move the bottom line that's in a positive way. And I know that's kind of what most business professionals look for, people who understand that that plight. And you obviously sound like you you had a good grasp on that approach when it comes <laughs> to business. So that's 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 awesome. So let's, let's go to the question, one of the questions that we have, like we, we kind of talked about challenges and you're talking about your mom passing. And I'm so sorry to hear about that. And I understand oh, thank that's, you. that's a huge challenge. I'm dealing with my mom, she has um, bipolar schizophrenia. And she hasn't yeah. been technically diagnosed, but she's been through the processes, you know. So yeah. I have issues as well. I think everyone you look and that you talk to can face the issues. So yes. thank you for telling us that, and, and we'll keep our prayers with you for sure. Thank you. But so what are like what what you, did you do before becoming an executive coach? Like did you got to come out of college, being an executive coach? What was your like boom boom? You knew you were there. Um, you might have answered this earlier. Yeah, but that's okay because you know it's all kind of mixed in my in my story, and in some t- cases you can ramble a bit. So we'll be clear. Um, I started executive coaching out as I left corporate, so that was in 2016. So prior to that, I was working in corporate all those years in in, in finance uh, in the finance industry as well as the healthcare industry. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So what, what's something that the main media maybe, maybe don't know about you that my listeners want to know? What does Nicole <laughs> P. Jones do? You know what I mean? Um, you know, let's see. Everyone already, already knows that I, I do music. So that's out there. No, right? I don't think everyone knows. You know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think everyone knows. In fact, I think it's a, a incumbent up, up on you to like, let us hear some of it, you know? Oh, Oh, yeah. Did I catch you off guard on that one? That's okay. Um, No, I mean, my background, I mean, my degree is in music. And so I grew up at a very young age just singing. I mean, I, that's all I did. I would sing everywhere. Right. To the point where my parents would have to be like, okay, like no singing at the table. Uh, And I just, for me, it was just a talent that I felt like I was born with. Um, you know, some people would call it a God-given talent. Some people that aren't spiritual to say, you know, you just you just kind of have it. I was born with it, and then I decided I wanted to play the viola, and then I wanted to play the piano, and so it just music just um, is. It's just it, it embodies me of who I am, and that's like the creativity side, the artistic side that I brought into the industry when I was working in corporate, and it's also something that I bring into you know, my coaching aspect as well. It's like this creativity, I'm a performer. So if people are coming to me because they're struggling on, you know, some confidence issues or speaking issues, I mean, there are things about who I am that I bring to the table that maybe other coaches don't. And that's kind of like that performance piece of, you know, what is it that I think about before I go on a stage? Or what is it before I've ever had to perform in in front of a, a really, really, really large audience or on TV or that kind of thing? There were just things that I've had to cope with or learn about myself that has helped me when I need to perform or need to give a presentation or do a meeting or that kind of thing. So I always bring that with me. It's not forefront. I'm not singing in the office when I was working in corporate 24 (laughs) seven and I'm not singing with my clients now. Um, But it is something that I keep close to me because 
when I'm stressed, uh, when we're talking about people that are, you know, what do you do to relieve stress and that kind of thing, my go-to is music. It's awesome. usually classical because I don't want to be singing my office all day, but, um, but, but that's, that's a space that I typically go to is music. Gotcha. Do you have the, one of those record players, like the old school ones? Uh, I, no, I actually don't. I, I think we, did we buy another one not too long ago? But no, I grew up with it and I wore that out to no end. Oh, okay. I mean, but, I played it 24-7. Right? No, we got, we just got one. I love it. I got a <laughs> Miles Davis track that I listen to. And I listen to classical too. Wow. I saw him in concert before he passed away. Really? Oh, yes. That's awesome. That's a great, yeah. that's a great accomplishment to be able to see. <laughs> Bless his soul, you know, but yeah, he was, uh, he's a great artist um, all the way around, up and down. So, no, that's good to know though. Um, that's that that music is a part of your life, which is a part of a lot of people's lives. It gives it gives us the ability to, to um, interact with the world, unlike anything else, right? Yes, and also to kind of release, right? right. You know, we have these crazy days, and sometimes for for people, they release by exercising, some release by writing, some release by singing. Like there's, like I said, there are just ways that people. Um, we'll use a certain talent for them to feel comfortable. Um, right. And that's, and that was mine. That's awesome. So how do you balance work, the work in life that you've created for yourself? And are you happy with it at this very moment? I'm going to ask you, how do you balance yours? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I have my days, right? I have my days. I, you had a, um, a person on recently that I really identified with in terms of you know, trying to balance it. Um, I had our son at a very, at an older um, stage in my life and was able to stay at home and enjoy what it was like to, to be a stay-at-home mom for a period of time, but then transitioning to, you know, working mom and wanting to make sure things are done at home, it's it's tough. And I, I don't have the um, the secret ingredients and the most amazing recipe for it. Some days are better than others. Some weeks are better than others. Um, but what I have learned over time is that, you know what, you just do the best you can. If you're doing the best you can every day, then that's where it's at. And I no longer allow myself to feel guilty if I have to miss uh, something of my son's. I mean, I may feel, feel I, I may be sad about something, but. I won't allow myself to feel guilty like, oh, you know, you, you shouldn't be doing this work or you shouldn't be building this business or you shouldn't be trying to talk to this client or you shouldn't be doing content or whatever it is that I'm I'm working on that I feel is important for my business. Um, because I, in, in a way, you know, like I'm working for him too, right? So uh, it's, it's sometimes a thing that we hold dear to our heart in terms of feeling bad and feeling the guilt. But the way I balance it is I just do what I can every day. And some days laundry will get done, some days it won't. Some days are, some certain things are more important. And you have to allow things that aren't going to move the needle not be as important. Right. Yeah. And, no, that's, and that's the thing. No, it is. And I think we take those moments, those small moments of, you know, for, for granted. I know I do. I can only speak for myself, but. Um, yes, I hear you though. <laughs> no, and we do. I think we do, and I think the the gratefulness that I, uh, that a lot of people that I've interviewed and talked to, and just like you said, uh, the lady before you, 
it was it's so she was very very sincere too and so are you and i think that's what we have to, that's what all we got you know right like if you're not really serious about your well-being and the well-being of others then what are you talking about right right then why are we here and, right? and what are we talking about and right. you know i i have found another way to connect with my son though my son's six years old uh, and when we first moved to Virginia, he was, you know, four and a half. What are four and a half year olds really doing in terms of sporting events? Not much, maybe soccer, but we had missed the sign up. And I said, you know what? I always wanted to do Taekwondo when I was growing up, you know, maybe he'll want to try that because he could do it at four and a half. And he started it. And then he asked if I would try. And I was like, yeah, okay, kid. Like, okay, I'll try for a month. Right. And right. I tried for a month. And now I'm looking at potentially wanting to go and get my black belt with him. We're a belt away from each other. I got into that sport and I almost wish I had gotten into it as a child and not, and not like been saying, oh, that's not a real sport. I'm going to play my softball and basketball and who cares about Taekwondo. But it has been another way for me to um, engage with my child, but another way where I can align myself, another way to feel like I release stress and another way for, to have some kind of mental discipline. And so something that I kind of laughed at when it was asked upon me, not obviously in front of my kid's face, but I was like, really? Like, come on kid, I don't want to do that. Um, turned into be, to, to, really turned into be a blessing in disguise for me. And I love that I do that. So when I have that moment of, I don't feel like I'm spending time with him or, or what have you, you know, I try to go to little basketball games and also I'll be like, hey, let's practice together. And that's our, our quality time where we can talk about things or feel like we're engaging. And so I'm actually glad that I um, took a step to, to do that with him because in those moments when I'm feeling like I'm not spending that time, there's something that we have in common that we can sit down or stand up and work on a form or, or whatever. That's awesome to get to experience that with your son as well. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, who, 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 a lot of, not a lot of parents have that. And I think that's, that is great to be able to have those opportunities with him. Um, yeah. Cause it I takes, it. Well, and it takes courage even for, you know, you get out there and now you, you know, going to get your, you know, certified for being a black belt. That just showing you how much grit and tenacity you approach everything in my opinion i probably you know i might, i could be reading this so wrong because i have we're not before. we're not at the black belt yet i mean you know i'm like mid-level mid-level yeah yeah no doubt no doubt but, <laughs> but i but i've made the promise to him that if mommy can keep herself healthy and not have you know a 16 year old like sweep my leg like karate kid or something and i hurt my knee yeah. or badly injure myself or whatever i'm doing all i can to stay in that space where I can be there with him, not just for him, but with him. And it's been very important for me to be part of this because I want him to know how strong his mommy is, not just internally, I mean, not just physically, but also internally. And so there's, I, I'm liking the perception that he's getting of women. I'm liking the perception he's getting of his mom. And I'm also get, liking the perception that when I do get my black belt, don't get too cute for mama. Yeah. Okay. Like, and you keep like, up with him like the whole yeah, time. Yeah, like, like, yeah. And he's probably, I call him my gentle giant. He's probably going to be like a good six, five to six, seven. Okay. He's okay. Four foot three at six years old. He's oh, man. a small kid. 
That kid's so, gonna be dunking on somebody. And yeah, so I'm like, you know what, mama needs to get a little protection on her side. You got a baby so. LeBron over there or something. <laughs> now, so, yeah. now that's awesome though. I, and, and he'll definitely cherish those moments as he gets older for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's great. That's that's this is that's what this is for, you know, the platforms like we, we talk about and we, and you talk about work and life balance, like what are the challenges have you faced, you know, trying to get your business up and then going, or if not trying, what level are you? Because I don't, you know, know everything, but what are some of the challenges as an entrepreneur have you faced trying to get your uh, executive coaching business up to a certain level? Yeah, um, that's always a fun question, right? Because um, there are so many things that you don't realize that you, you miss from your prior life, your previous world, working environment. Um, there were so many things uh, in my old career that I was like, oh, I can't wait to be done with it. Um, and then when I stepped out to be an entrepreneur, I honestly did not know how hard it was to be your own person, to be your own business, to stand behind your own brand, to, to have to sell yourself. I mean, you know, when I worked in, corporate America and I worked at biotech company, I stood behind a potential product. I only worked for one company that I got to see a product go all the way from bench to, to commercialization. So that's not very common for people that work in that industry. But, you know, you always had an IT person. There were assistants that were there to help. You had peers that you could talk to. You had senior leaders you could talk to. Uh, you had outside industry experts that you could talk to. So you, that's great. And then you insert yourself and you're sitting in your office and you're by yourself and you're like, self, what are we doing here? Uh, oh wait, I've got to, I've got to put that up. I don't even know how to create that. How do I, you know, there's a lot of, uh, how, how do I, I didn't know that's what you did. And you spend so much time on trying to learn how to create something that sometimes you wish people would say, you try to, try to just hire someone out for some of these parts of your business because you're gonna to spend too much time getting fixated of the technicality around something that you don't know, but you're like, oh, but I, I work for myself. I wanna learn how to do that. But it takes away so much time, time from you potentially talking to clients, potentially networking, putting other you know, time elsewhere in your business. And so I really struggled firsthand when I stepped into this business thinking that, oh, boom, you have a client tomorrow. Oh, boom, like, this is an easy process. Oh, website goes up. Oh, you got your logo, you're good. Like all this kind of stuff. No, it doesn't work that way. And while there are transferable skills that you can use in anything that you do, there are areas that I had to have a come to Jesus meeting with myself to be like, yeah, you're really not good at that piece. So maybe we should just look for someone else to help you on that. And I spend my time, you know, really, networking with people that are potentially in the same industry as mine to see some of the pitfalls or not pitfalls that they've gone through some you know some um, wins and losses that they've that they've dealt with and then also just talking to people in other industries that are that are also entrepreneurs that it's like what do you do when you when you when this happens to you like what have you done like you know or the days because you don't you don't have an office with with five or six people so some days you do need to just reach out to people and just talk through some ideas and thoughts and see what feedback you get, you yeah. know? And that's, that's something that I 
I will say I took for granted. I never thought being an entrepreneur would be easy. So I will never say that because I'm the risk taker, right? So, right. I mean, not right. the risk taker. I'm the, I follow the rules and structure woman. No, you're the risk um, taker. That's what it was. <laughs> Well, you've said it now, and we, we can't go back. It's all right. It's, I'm um, the risk taker. <laughs> well, you gotta have you gotta have a little bit of risk taking um, uh, qualities about you, it's, or anybody that you know goes out and trying to do their own thing in the entrepreneurial world. That's what it's all about. It's about leveraging that risk. So, like, whenever you take that risk, making sure that you dot all the I's and cross the T's, and vice versa. You know, um, bet every every process. Make sure you use a good you know data that's pointing to things that you need to do. I think for all of us, you know, whoever is in this world that we're in, you know, as far as coaching and I'm not a coach per se, but I've been that, you know, right. in management. And that's all we I really did. I trained over three, you know, 3000 people, um, created an operation training manual. So I understand the processes that you have to get to consistently uh, repeat a product. And that's what you're trying to do in management and in a lot of coaching is just getting people to where they can, you know, coexist at a good state where the output is is increasing, right? And I think for right. for all of us out here, and it's you're gonna have challenges, right? And you're gonna go, you're gonna face those challenges. But like you said, it's just what you're willing to do after you face those challenges. And so it's it's awesome. I think um, so. I guess my well, that's a great segue to um what is something you like to do if you knew you'd be successful at it okay this is gonna be a little out there and you're not gonna see this coming okay that's what I, this is what the, we've been waiting for <laughs> on the podcast we want to thank you for joining the, us <laughs> i'm gonna shout it on the mountaintop yeah no doubt that's um it's gonna be a latin ballroom dancer oh wow that is that it is out out there. It has nothing to do with pertaining to making any kind of money. So you're passionate about it. Um, no, but my thing is, you make good money if you're if you're competitive at it. But you know that that probably therein lies my creative side, right? I love to cook. I, I thought I wanted to go into becoming a pastry chef back in the day. So I always had this creative side, this artsy side of music and. Um, baking or cooking. I loved to dance, but I never was, you know, in dance. But I, you would think that I um, have taken a ton. I mean, I've taken some Latin ballroom dancing. Specifically, I was part of a salsa school. And so I really enjoyed that aspect of it. But if I could just go and be on one of these shows, you know, be the the person on Dancing with the Stars or, or whatever, teaching these people, like, I mean, I just love the art of dance right and i just think it's interesting but that's i mean that's pretty outlandish if i no, no it's actually not, <laughs> put it out there. not no it's not i mean but you may be already doing that too though you're taking lessons so but that's cool but i'm not though. doing it i'm not doing it much anymore i mean I, I i did that when i lived in when i lived in boston but um when i look at that back in the day when I was growing up and people talked about dance. I mean, it was, you know, a couple of dances. You were either going to do ballet, tap, or maybe jazz. Right. Those were, you know, my generation growing up. That's all people talked about. And I did that at four years old. And I was in my little tutu. And I did my little recital. 
And after it, my mom was like, that was so great. My dad, everyone was so excited. And I was like, I will never do this again. The tutu itch and I'm all set mommy and daddy. Like I don't want to do it again. Yeah. But as I got older and started seeing dancing, I was like, oh, wow, there's a lot of different styles and techniques. Things right. are going on. And then I felt like the whole American ballroom dancing and Latin ballroom dancing started becoming popular in the States. Now, it's been popular overseas, but not as popular in the States. And I just, I started falling in love with that and just said, wow, I wish that I had have had something like that as a, a kid growing up because it was just a different style of dance. Um, so yeah, so I have like a kind of a secret passion um, around Latin ballroom dancing. And, that, and it's captivating too. Um, any kind of ballroom dancing, especially but Latin ballroom dancing is a little faster. It's like a character. Yeah, yeah. It's an, it has like this yeah. character, it has a story. It's right. It's, there's just something about it that I, I don't know, you know. Well, that's awesome. Interesting choice. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. No, so so you've gotten 15 years in experience in uh, the finance and healthcare. How do, how would that uh, apply to Latin ballroom? Do you see yourself doing that at any point in time while you <laughs> at this at these healthcare and finance places? I mean, like yeah, no, we won't be doing any Latin ballroom. Yet, <laughs> Um, no, but you know, it was a, it's a it was a secret of mine. It's, it's something that that I love, and I will go and even go to competitions and watch people compete. I mean, it's just something that I enjoy and I think it's fascinating. But no, there's no correlation. I mean, did my music have any correlation to what I was doing? Absolutely not. But I was able to take again. I am able to look at the talent and figure out things that you could draw from it that can actually help people be successful. So again, if you can get in an outfit like that and dance in front of a crowd and do your thing and hold your own, you're highly confident. Right. Highly confident. And that's- And a lot about life is being confident. Well, that plays a huge role into like even starting a business is how confident you're in what you are able to do and deliver, one. Yeah, two, yeah. Two is like the confidence in life in general, especially as, as children. All of our histories kind of go, goes along with us, right? Like we we yeah. can't get away from those things. And how much that confidence played a role as we grew up and grew into confidence. Some people weren't as confident as they are now. It yeah. takes and it takes time, and it, and I think that's what the really what patience really is all about. Um, just really having it. That's what it means. It's like growing your confidence at certain points in life have an ability to say, hey, I need to learn. Like you said earlier, I need to learn more in this area to improve my, not only my business system, but my relationship with my family, right? And that was the balance that we were talking about. So yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. how I approach it, you know? Um, so yeah, but um, I guess so many segues and I, and I guess I always take a moment in, in, the, in the podcast and thank you for coming on. It really means a lot to me. I appreciate you for taking the time out your day. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. But um, so what are the? I know you asked me about this question, but what are the the three top things or top three things you have to have before a big meeting? And the preface of that is, it's like a a Starbucks, a pen, and a notepad, or you strictly phone, or what is something that makes you comfortable when you know you're going in a closet client, um, and making sure that you can provide for your family. Yeah. So, you know, one is actually a, a serious thing. One is, you know, I just feel like I've had enough research about, you know, the type of meeting that I'm going into and just feeling confident that I'm really ready to um, pr- 
present, but also feel like I'm prepared, right? So that right. is something that I have to do. Like sometimes if, while I am um, a last minute kind of person for different things and I can kind of shoot from the cuff, I do like to feel like I'm prepared and ready and that I'm, you know, dotting all my I's and crossing all my T's, that I'm just really in the moment and present for that meeting. And a lot about coaching, you really need to be in the moment and be present. And right. so, you know, in connection with the research and being present and that kind of thing, it's just feeling like you're aligned before you go into the meeting. Something that I always do before I go on the stage to perform is, you know, I, I, I do get nervous. I performed my entire life, but I still get nervous. And I do like a little bit of that butterfly in the bottom of my stomach. But as soon as I open my mouth, I'm like, um, the, the nerves go away. I'm like ready. But I have to have a quiet moment before I'm about to enter something that is big for me. So I always have to, if I'm in the car and I'm listening to music or all that kind of stuff, driving to where I'm going, I will stop, park my car, and I will just have a quick moment with myself and almost kind of like positive affirmations. You're ready. This is, you're, you're ready for this meeting or you're ready for this gig or whatever it may be. Right. I just pep myself up for a moment. Right. Quiet so you, time, pep myself up. Yeah. So you have a little ritual you do this or you, you don't yeah. call it a ritual. Um, I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I like, I, I get up in the morning, I pray, I do uh -huh. a little workout and I meditate and write in my uh -huh. journal and then I read a scripture. That's all. Nice. Yeah. So that's, I think, every, that's every morning. Yeah. No, it had, it was for like eight to 10 months and I have stopped for like last week, two weeks. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm at an imbalance right now. So I'm, I'm yeah. definitely trying to balance back. I have something to do with the moon's moving, all that crap. So all anyway, the, all the alignment. <laughs> yeah. And the then alignment, I would say that it I, works. <laughs> I hear you. And I think the last one is, um, I really try to get a good night's sleep before that. Do yeah, I get good night's sleep every night? No. Right, um, right. But before that, I really make sure that I'm, you know, like I'm ready. I'm present. Right. I'm right. You know, that, I don't need that cup of coffee. Like, I mean, I like coffee, but I, I only have decaf of everything. I, I didn't go back to caffeine when I, after I was pregnant. I just stayed off of caffeine. Yeah. So, um, so that's not my, that's not my go-to, but my go-to is really feeling like I'm centered and ready for that meeting. And that's, I mean, that's a perfect answer. Of course, you want, you know, preparation and to be ready for sure. So thank you for answering that as well. Yeah, you're uh, welcome. So I think we went through all, all the questions that I have. Okay. Um, so it's 2.36. Let's keep going. Um, let's see. How do you feel that balancing work and life has put pressure on your, like, relationship? And you're as being a mom and being a wife and how do you feel those things as uh that's you know i i think that's tough i think it's tough once you even have a kid i i, I think a lot of things naturally shift and you have to really work at it right um but it is it's it's just trying to be like okay i'm here and you know these are the these are the things that i'm working on what are you working on? it's we're we constantly have to talk you know about what his schedule is what my schedule is you know and then it's the dance around the child can you do the pickup this day yeah i will say that i traveled a lot when i was in corporate um my husband is a professor so he's not traveling like me I mean, he travels once in a blue moon uh, and so our kids saw early on that mommy travels. Mommy, right. mommy right. travels. 
Now I'm not in a traveling role per se, like I was. I mean, I, I do go places, but sometimes now I feel a little like bad, like being like, oh, I wanna, I need to go to this place or I'm gonna travel for a night. When I used to feel like I was traveling all the time and it, and it just was what it was. Right, right. Um, so I do sometimes have a hard time with that of being like, hey, do you think we're gonna be able to do this? Or I sometimes have to call my dad because he and his wife can come help out. Um, but I try to keep it in the area, you know, so that I don't spend so much time away from my family. But, um, but you know, sometimes I have to look at my husband and be like, look, I need to make this trip or this is going to be a great conference for me or, or what have you. And again, you know, I really appreciate you like stepping up when I'm not around and, you know, and I know that you have something else coming up and I'm there and we'll just kind of do a little balancing act, but it is hard. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's hard because I do feel like you're doing the dance and the shifting of the kid and where they need to go. And, and sometimes yeah. you can be passing trips in the night. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. And it, it, it's definitely a challenge <clears throat> and everybody faces that, right? Like it's, yeah. it's people who are coexisting through love and other means. So I, I think that's a great explanation that you kind of gave as far as the day to day, who's going to pick up the kid, how, who's going to go here um, and then ships in the night. So that uh, on top of trying to push your business forward, like as what would you tell somebody who's trying to start this, something they can do to help them with that part of it, right? They got a significant other and they're trying to push a business and they just had a kid. So they fit your, you know, pro, your prototype. What would you tell them? What, what kind of encouragement would you give them as being a coach and somebody who's seen, you know, how relationships have to foster and build over time to be able to be strong, have strong bond? Uh, you know, my, my greatest advice that I would provide, and this is for entrepreneurs, but just people in general, um, when you are moving towards something different or something new that you want to add into your life is the only way that I really feel like it's not really the only way, but the way that helps you to become more successful is if you have a support system. Yeah. You, know, you need to have a support system. You know, um, not everybody is going to love what you're trying to do in your life and that's okay. I mean, right. you need to love it. Uh, but that's okay. Not everybody. There's gonna be a lot of naysayers and it's like silly Why are you doing that it doesn't pay as much like I wouldn't do it Like you have this great job. You know, everyone has something to say right. All that matters in all the noise are the people that are there for you and your tight-knit group If that's your family great. If that's your significant other great if that are if you have a few core friends great if they can all come together and coexist and helping with that support awesome but you need one person to support you. Right. When you don't have it, I know people that just struggle. It's a struggle. You know, if I didn't have support, then it would be like, what? I'm just, you know, constantly, should I do this? Should I not do this? Should I do this? Oh, I can't, I don't have anybody to help out. I can't, you know, and so if you don't have that support system and people cheering you on and being like, yeah, go do you, this matters to you in your life, it's harder. It's harder because your mind is thinking about that instead of what you're trying to excel at and succeed in doing or whatever your cause is. So your, your brain will be, you know, for looking at a hundred percent and you feel like it should be like, you know, 90 every day and 10% on like the family stuff or whatever, however, you know, however people want to um, parse out the numbers, 
you're going to be spending more of that percentage on the stuff that you're like stressed about. Who's going to pick up the kid? How are we going to figure this out? Like where are we, you know, it, it's, it's going to be difficult in the day to day. If you already have that smoothed out, then you're not thinking about that. You're just thinking about like, okay, what clients do I have today? What am I trying to move forward? Who do I need to reach out to? Like, it's how you're building your business. And, and for me, if I didn't have a support system, I, I think it would have been a struggle. Well, and even having a support system, it can be a struggle someday. Right. So, you know, yeah. I mean, let's right. be honest. <laughs> You're right about that. And it's, it's, it takes a village. It's like uh, cliche and yeah. and people can get deaf, tone deaf to, to that premise. But the reality is it does take a group of people to, to help um, and, and have that support from not only the, your family and loved ones, but your colleagues and people who you share the stage with in some capacity. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I I really appreciate that um, perspective because I, I feel the same way. I would I would I couldn't be here without the support of my wife. You know the things that yes. we all have to give credence to to be able to to foster the relationship that we need to and get pointed in the right direction. Because that's what you know that's how God set it up. You know, like you need somebody to help you out from time to time. And we we all live in this world together and that togetherness can propel us through difficult difficult situations like you alluded to earlier um about your mom passing so uh, i think yeah and, and that's part of life you know so i don't want to go too far but this so tell us what is one big goal that you really want to get accomplished before the year is out we got roughly three months um for 2019 is done. We're in 2020. It's going to be a really awesome year for a lot of people. Um, a lot of seasons are going to be coming due. What is your big thing yeah. that you're working on? So it may not be big for many, but I have spent... It's big enough. It's big yes. Enough. <laughs> um, you know, because of my, you know, the back noise of, of my mom passing and stuff, you know, over the time of me dealing with coaching and moving with a kid here when he was four and a half and dealing with preschool and so in and out, in and out of the process and the grief process, um, I've never really felt like I was like all in 24 seven. And so this has been my year of, my word has been level up. This has been my year to continue to move myself through the process and, and be present for myself. And so, um, that has happened, but the last, you know, three, four months, the end of the year is that I want to finish with some things that most people start with when they do their right out the gate with their business. And for me, I've never had a logo. I've never really branded myself with colors and things like that. I've just been coaching and this is who I am and love me or leave me kind of like vibe. Um, so those are some things that I'm working on. Um, things around my business. Yes, I'm, I'm going to continue to still be talking to people and signing up people for, for clients and that kind of thing. But I would like to end the year with feeling like that process is finally done. I stepped into that process later um, in my business. And so it's been kind of fun. You saw that I got some, just working on some new pictures and just different things. Want to up, up, level up my website a bit. So it's some of those housekeeping things that are so important for people, but those are some things that I kind of dragged along because of my situation that um, kind of surrounded me for a period of time. So I'm focusing on that. And then, you know, 2020, I'm looking and potentially writing a book or starting that process. 
Um, I can't believe I just said that out loud. But <laughs> now we gotta, we're gonna hold you to it. Um, no, I'm glad you said that. Um, what is the book title gonna be? I'm not gonna say. You, you're not gonna say. You're gonna tell us that. You're not gonna give us that. People, y'all hear this? Well, I, I think that you know. I would say my entire life I have battled with um, my inner voice, right? right? I think a lot of people battle with it. You can call it your gremlin, inner voice, words from whomever above, like whatever people want to call it. Um, and I literally have named her. Her name is Sabotage Queen. And <laughs> has, oh. you know, she's she's followed me my entire life. It's not something you can get rid of. It's just something that you learn how to deal with. Right. Um, and I believe I want to write a book and dedicate it, <laughs> dedicate it to her. Um, she's, she's, yeah, she's kept me from doing probably some great things. And it took me a long time to be able to be like, you know what? And our inner voice is there to protect us in times when we're a little unsure and times when potentially um, someone could not be truthful or there's just, there's so many, there's so many great books and things on this, but it may not necessarily be about how can you train your inner voice. I feel like I just want to tell my story about how my inner voice has either affected, affected me into not making a decision or how it's affected me to make a decision. Right. So many decisions. Like, look, if I had to, if I had to talk about me, um, singing, uh, my husband would say, I, I, I don't tell people enough that I sing or I don't tell people enough that I'm a great singer. Okay. I'm, I'm very humble about my voice, wow. but I'm very humble about my voice. That's how I was raised. I wasn't a boastful kind of person, but I believe I never took the next step to fully do a lot more with my voice. I mean, I stopped at a certain point in my career because I allowed my voice to say, you know what? You're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not going to be able to hang with this person out there right now. You're not going to be able. So I, I listened to that. And there are so many instances that I can point to that, and I can own up to it and say, I can't believe I allowed either other, I call them OPTs, other people's thoughts to get in the way of my own success when it's all false. It's all mm. BS. That is so true. That is big. OPTs, I got to write that down. I'm writing it down right now. OPTs. I'm going like to give a shout out to my girl, JJ. My girl, JJ. We talk about this all the time. But That is big right there. That is beautiful. I like that. Like, OPT, other people's thoughts, like, they, I'm a firm believer that thoughts are in the, like, in the air. You can grab them out. It's like negativity. Right. They're not you. facts. They're not, they're not facts. And we allow ourselves right. to just live our life with stuff that's not factual. Right. Right. And so, and so, you know, becoming a coach, I had to do a lot of work around that space, right? I can't be coaching you if I'm constantly thinking about, I don't know, am I good enough to coach you? I don't know if I'm good enough. Right, <laughs> right. Like, you know, so, um, so I had been already doing some work towards that because here's my thing. I would have never been able to just be like, oh, I'm going to be a coach. Right. My inner, my inside head, inner voice, gremlin, whatever you want to call it, would have never allowed me to even, and I made that decision like it was like, oh, could we deposit the check in my account? It was like, as if it was routine. That's why for most people, they were scared for me because they're like, wait, well, 
something must be really going on because you know she she doesn't do she doesn't just make decisions like that right and it just it just rolled off my tongue so beautifully like yeah i'm gonna be a coach Wow, that's like, awesome. What, what kind? What does that mean? I'm, I don't know, but I'm going to be a coach. What exactly. <laughs> like, people want you to explain all of it, but they don't, they can't see but, your but, vision. But before, I would be the person that would be like, oh, I don't know what kind of coach. Oh, my God. Maybe I shouldn't do this, huh? Yeah. This. Yeah, you can go in that rabbit hole when people question you. Just right. Go. And, and, Just and, go. And, and, right. And in that moment, I started seeing more and more of, like, you've allowed just what were your feelings, not, not my personal close family members because my family members have always been like do what you want to do but i've always been like oh is that not gonna be good enough is that, you know and we just carry this and some of it is things that you see and you react that way and then some of it is what you've just been around you know your experiences and things that you've seen been around things have been told to you oh well, i mean i spend most of my time coaching people on their internal blocks external blocks are very easy if you don't have money to buy the house you need to save money there you go right internal blocks are so tough right. so tough you have this limiting belief for your entire life you have you know the inside the internal voice that's telling you you're not pretty enough you're not good enough you're not smart enough you're not happy enough you're not whatever enough i am not something enough whatever that is mm. then that will just stay with you yeah yeah no doubt that is you're right it, it helps you through the good and the bad times um yeah. well, well maybe not the the, the little voice um what do you call her Sabotage. Sabotage queen, but I, but, queen. but there are, but there are voices, you know, when I was growing up and I um, am a feeler, I'm a feeler, words matter. I was labeled, you're so sensitive, you're too sensitive. Oh, you're so, can't you just get over it? You're so sensitive, dismiss my feelings, blah, blah, blah. So my entire life, I carried that around of like, that's a bad thing to be so sensitive. Like, I'm so sensitive, like I need to get over it. So you tell yourself that for so long. And then one day, I don't know what happened. I don't know when it was, but someone said it and I just punched right back and mm. was like, well, I'd rather be in tune with my feelings than not know what it even means to have feelings. Right. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna run with that. I'm okay that I'm in tune with my feelings. Right. Well, for the longest time, I was not okay because I was labeled sensitive. Mm. And so it was, so that was really, really hard. But, you know, in my crazy times now, I remember when I would, you know, really be crying and things would be tough. And my mom would always say, you know, get yourself together. You'll be okay. Just get yourself together, sweetie. Mm -hmm. You know, and so in my struggling moments, I do hear her voice. Okay, Nicole, get it together. And you're going to be okay. We're going to get through this. We're going to figure it out. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Okay, we're good. That's you that know? support you was talking about earlier, you know? Exactly. So I still feel her support because it's just her voice that I actually will say in my head when it's like a moment of like, why did I think I was going to be doing this business? Right. <laughs> right. Like, what was I thinking? And we all have those moments where you just got <laughs> yes. just utter, utter doubt and you fall in this, this hole of like, oh my God, what am I doing? Do I even know what I'm doing here? You, yeah. and, and you have a base, at least a reference point, in my opinion, that you can think like, you know what, I'm, I am supposed to be here. And and when you say that, especially when you're going out on a limb and doing your own thing, which I've yeah. done on several occasions, when you say that, it's like, oh man, 
I'm just I just put it in the air so the universe works in that capacity. Try to try to support you in what you put out there. You said it earlier, you're like I'm not gonna do that anymore. I'm gonna do this, and you yeah. made it happen. And that's that's big right there. So uh, kudos to you, by the way. <laughs> um, um, we're we're because we got we got about seven minutes left. Um, where would people find you? Um, like what's your your all the information that people could use to get in touch uh, yeah, with you. So, so I have a, yep, I, you know, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn under Nicole P. Jones. That's my um, space. Yeah, I know I need to do a company page I on a list. Um, you so do I'm whatever on, you want to do. You don't have to do a company page. <laughs> I'm not saying you got to do a company. Who tells you these things? People, everybody think they know everything about LinkedIn. I just know, I do know though. Um, there's some great people and I wouldn't be able to be on this um, podcast if it weren't for LinkedIn. So I'm oh, not saying I, I, that. I, I, Do what you I, want. I love, um, but you know, I'm waiting until I get all my branding stuff. So I, I do you. have goals. I do have that goals. Is, that is great. Um, it's a very minor one, but I, I'm going to do no, it. No, that's not minor. It um, is as large as they come. <laughs> the next step. So, so yeah, so I, uh, so have, I'm, you know, I'm posting every day on, on, um, LinkedIn and engaging there. So you'll definitely find me there. Um, I do have some presence on um, Instagram. It's Nicole Jones Coaching. Facebook, I have Nicole Jones Coaching. Uh, and then I have a website. So it's NicoleJonesCoaching.com. Right. Well, that. And then, you know, if you want to email me, it's Nicole at NicoleJonesCoaching.com. So it all just kind of, it's on every platform. You'll be able to see that. Awesome. So what I know I hadn't asked this, but I feel like I, I'm compelled because I feel like it's a good, you know, plug. Uh-oh. No. And what's your ideal client uh, persona? Like, who are you looking to acquire? Um, uh, so the types of clients that I work um, with are senior leaders. Leaders could be, you know, some people look at leaders as specifically a CEO. I didn't yeah. specifically say just C-suite only, but leaders right. um, who are looking to realize their vision. So some people can look at it certain ways in terms of some people want to just understand their own personal vision, moving themselves forward right. in their career and how life also fits into that. Right. And so it's, you know, let's really, let's really take a look at your vision in your company. You know, when I was working at companies, I feel like you'd start and People would talk about a mission and a vision on day one, and then, you know, day 425, I've still not heard much about that mission or that vision. Right. It's like, just get it done. We're trying to get a drug approved. Okay, but how, like, do we have actions to go? We're just goals, okay? So it's like tactics and goals. And, and so it's really understanding, like, how things distill down in organizations, because I feel like there are groups of people that know, and then there are groups of people that don't know. Right. And it's just trying to figure out how you can make that funnel more fluid. So working, you know, solo as an individual and also working internally at companies of realizing this vision. Nice. It's not, I'm not just only working with men. I'm not only just working with women. I'm working with leaders that are getting stuff done. (laughs) Getting stuff done. Getting stuff done. I like that. Yeah. Um, So... What what will those guys, those ladies, where would they contact you through the LinkedIn, through the website? What would you want them if they were to listen to this and like, oh, I want to reach out to her? Uh, they can do any of the above. 
Um, if they want to know a little bit more about me or just wanting to know something that's like live time, real time, LinkedIn is where to see me because I'm posting either written content or I'm doing videos. And so that's a way to see my personality. Let's see if there are things that I'm talking about that resonates you, talking about company things, talking about leader things, um, concerns that I have in a workplace culture. I mean, it's all there and that's predominantly posted on LinkedIn. How has that been going for you? Is it that been, uh, I've been seeing those videos and they've been awesome. Oh, so you. speak to those a little bit. How are those videos been doing as far as LinkedIn goes? Because I've been doing videos as well. And we, I think it's really awesome. We get to engage with the platform in that way. Yeah, I had been on LinkedIn for years, as most people have, but uh, have not engaged. <laughs> and so I would say it was actually Martin Luther King's birthday that I said, that's it. I'm going to start doing something. And I started doing... Um, videos, very interesting. Some were of me, some were just things that I found online. Um, and I just started posting and then I kind of took a break in terms of posting videos of me, but posting other videos that I saw about different things in the workplace. And then also still just doing um, sometimes just written content. And then I decided not too long ago, again, maybe the last month, month and a half that, you know what? People just need to see me. I love talking. I love sharing stories. I love sharing ideas. And so why not put myself back out there and just start doing more videos? And so right. that's what I've been doing. And I believe sometimes LinkedIn can be a little intimidating because people get caught up in the likes and the comments and, and, and you know, how much are you engaging, all this kind of stuff. I don't know much about, I'm just gonna be put it out there. I don't know much about algorithms. I don't know a much, much, but what I do know is that I only need one person to see me. Right. And so I'm not, I, I allow, I now allow myself to not get caught up in any kind of thought process about is my stuff getting seen? Yes. I would love to have, you know, thousands and thousands of people to see my stuff. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and I would love thousands and thousands and thousands of people to write comments. But at the end of the day, there are people that have reached out to me that have not even engaged on one video, have not commented, have not liked, but what I keep getting is, I've just been watching what you've been putting lately. So I've just been watching. So that's why for me, I just keep doing and being who I am and those people will be attracted to me. That will be my tribe. That will be my group that will be like, oh, I wanna go work with her. And I also believe the world is big enough for all different types of coaches. It's big enough for all different types of strategists. It's big enough for all different types of personal branding people. It's just big enough. So I want everybody to put themselves out there to, to let people see who they are. That is, that is, that is such a great way to end this. It's, um, we, I'm so thankful to have you come on my show and talk about um, the things that we have really thoroughly enjoyed it. Is there anything else you want to leave the people with um, before we end? You know, no, I mean, I'm just, I am just a person that believes in just doing good, you know, and just living your full self. Right. And um, I said it before, but I think I may have been a little crazed as I was talking through my um, story, but you know, 
I help where I can, I help when I can, because I can. And to me, it's about being kind and helping to move other people forward in life. And that's that's just me. That's my shtick, and I'm staying to it. <laughs> and that's a great shtick to have, and, and a great foundation to 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 propel from, right? So yeah, Nicole P. Jones, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for thank for coming you. on. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. It was such a pleasure and an I honor. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me on here, Carl. Absolutely. You, have a lovely you do the All same. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. Bye.